0: we mm-hmm. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode 199 of X Labs. Uh, we are on the precipice of uh, episode 200, literally on the eve of episode 200. And uh, well, let's talk for a minute. Let's talk for a minute here. Um, today, we're going to be taking a look at an anthology. It's uh, you know we've covered anthologies on the show before, trying to keep ourselves uh, you know as uh, complete into the X Men story as possible. And this is probably my third or fourth time trying to record this, because, uh... Well, I hate to put the cart before the horse, you guys know me, but, uh... I did not care for this. Uh, we cover one, two, three, four, five stories in this anthology that have to do with our ex-characters. This is, of course, a just-the-ex-ma'am sort of a show here. But I fear that, uh, in my earlier attempts to record this, I was a little, uh... I don't know if harsh is the right word for it, but, uh... Yeah, I didn't care for it um, Let's get into it Let's get right into it here um, This is the Women of Marvel one shot uh, Women of Marvel number one Had a June 2021 cover date As mentioned, we're going to be covering five stories here um, The first one's called Manny the second one's called She's Got the Look third is Cretaceous Flirtations fourth is Water When Needs Watering And the fifth is Give a Cat a Bone Writers include Mariko Tamaki Natasha Alterici Sophie Campbell with art by Peach Momoko, Nina v- Vacueva, Joanna Estep, Marika Cresta, and Eleonora Carlini Colors, Irma Naivilla, Rachel Rosenberg, Triona Farrell Letters, VCs, Ariana Mar Edits, Angelique Rock, Sarah Brunstead, C.B. Sabalski, Cover price, 6 bucks, And this went on sale April 7th of 2021 And as a bonus, we're going to be taking a look at a snippet from the Immortal She-Hulk one-shot uh, Cover dated November 2020 the story, though we're not going to read the entire story, is The Three Deaths of Jennifer Walters, written by Al Ewing, with art by John Davis Hunt. Colors, Marcio Menez, uh, Letters, VCs, Corey Petit. Edits, Brunsted Moss, Brevort Sobolski. Cover price, $5. And this one went on sale September 23rd of 2020. So let's start at the top here with Manny, by Mariko Tamaki and Peach Momoko. This is a Lady Deathstrike story. And since the stories we're going to be covering this issue are, well, light on content, to say the least I figure she's X enough to include I mean, this is a timeless story We could probably shoehorn it into the Cohen era, I suppose Now let's think about Lady Deathstrike for a moment here Uh, What would you say is her most defining feature? Probably her incredibly long and sharp fingernails, yes? Okay, well, this story is called Manny And so it shouldn't come as much of a shock that it's four panels of Lady Deathstrike getting a manicure. She asked the nail tech lady to uh, make her nails look like weapons. Which, I mean, they're adamantium, no? Anyway, we end with Deathstrike stood outside her car with bedazzled fingernails, trying to figure out how to get her car keys out of a pocketbook. Is this parody? I mean, we're we're not starting too strong here. Um... This almost reads like something that someone who would get annoyed That there's a woman of Marvel book would write In order to poke fun at the project in the first place This feels like, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right And yes, um, from this, you'd be right to assume that there is a Medusa story In this issue that has her going to a hair salon Because uh, really, what other Medusa story are you going to tell? Next, She's Got the Look by Mariko Tamaki and Nina Vaqueva. This is an Emma Frost story, which makes sure to open by telling us we're at Emma Frost quarters on Krakoa. Now she wakes up, and uh, she'd really like to hit the town today, but uh, it's laundry day, and so she has nothing to wear. I'm not joking; uh, that's that's the that's the uh, conflict in the story, and so she decides, screw it. And she mentally projects a fabulous outfit to strut around in But really she's wearing a very fashionable short shorts and t-shirt combo Which would probably turn a few heads in and of itself And that's it I feel like I'm being baited here I mean, I don't know Next, Cretaceous Flirtations by Natasha Alterici It's Joanna Estep and Irma Nivilla. Now this is a rogue and mystique story from back in the long ago And we are at the Hell Creek Formation in Montana Which is actually a real place, and an intensively studied geological formation of mostly upper Cretaceous, Cretaceous, however you say that word, and early Paleocene rocks. So thank you, Wikipedia. Anyway, it's here where Mystique is attempting to recruit new members for the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and the one pitching for the gig is Stegron the Dinosaur Man. I think we're supposed to be laughing at that, but... uh yeah, no. know. Um, so he claims that he's going to show her something very impressive as he digs through a crate to procure some weird box with some fluid-filled tubes attached to it. Mystique tells him he's got a few minutes to prepare, and she shapeshifts into the form of one of the archaeologists on duty or whatever to uh, chat up a class of teenagers waiting outside for a lecture. Now, this class would include Rogue, who'd very much like to touch the boy next to her, but alas, she cannot. Because you all remember Cody, right? And Rogue's adopted mother, Mystique, isn't so keen on seeing this for whatever reason. Anyway, Mystique shoves aside another archaeologist so she can begin her version of the lecture. She presents a great big Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton that had been dug up just recently. It's still laying in the hole. Then she asks for a volunteer from the class to step forward and take a closer look. She picks Rogue for this, even though Rogue didn't even raise her hand. So when Rogue steps closer, Mystique asks her about the boy she was sidling up to a few panels ago. Before Rogue can answer, however, Stegron activates his whatever-the-hell box, which, get this, reanimates the T-Rex skeleton. Mystique then reverts to her normal form and hops on the back of the dinosaur bone set. Stegron sicks the T-Rex on Rogue, which ticks Mystique off. She destroys Stegron's whatever-the-hell box and tells him he's out of the running for a spot in the Brotherhood. And, I mean, he's not even a mutant anyway, so, uh, yeah. We wrap up with Rogue and her fellow students getting back on the school bus as though nothing happened. I mean, they were just attacked by reanimated T-Rex, right? Is anybody going to call the police? The Ghostbusters? I mean, anybody? Okay. That's where we leave it. Next. Water When Needs Watering by Mariko Tamaki, Marika Cresta, and Rachel Rosenberg. We're in Krakoa, specifically at Jean Gray's quarters on Krakoa, which... You know, if the people in charge of this one-shot were actually reading the books that they're including characters from, they might know that Jean has no quarters on Krakoa. She lives at Summer House. Editors? Anybody? Anybody? I mean, I don't need to be such a pedantic dick here, do I? But, I mean, this could have been fixed so easily. Anyway, Jean has come into possession of a succulent plant. I mean, this is some high-stakes stuff, y'all. She goes about watering said succulent, which somehow kills it immediately. And so she hurls the poor dead plant across the room And we end with her showing off her brand new ceramic plant to Cyclops Okay, I, am I missing something? Anyway, that takes us to our final story here Give a Cat a Bone by Sophie Campbell, Eleonora Carlini, and Triana Farrell We open on Krakoa, where Marrow is stirred awake by the arrival of her brand new, recently resurrected roomie, Farrell They do not get along one bit and spend the next two pages fighting Then, we jump to the Green Lagoon, where Marrow is chatting up Shark Girl about how much she hates Feral. Shark Girl is kind of surprised, suggesting that Feral and Marrow are both former Morlocks, and so she figured they'd get along a little bit better. Marrow is surprised by this revelation. Just then, she sees the Hellion roulette and, uh, the girl half of the creepy Fenris twins picking on poor Feral. Marrow rushes over to tell the mean girls to back off, and they do. After that, she suggests that she and Farrell blow this pop stand And go somewhere else to get to know each other better And that's it Those are our five X-Men stories in the Women of Marvel one-shot <clears throat> Okay, let's get to Immortal She-Hulk here This is a story that I've wanted to talk about for quite a while now Or a story beat, I suppose Because we're not going to talk about the entire issue here, though I mean, we got through that first issue pretty quick I probably should have just gone through this whole one, too Um... Now, we're just going to talk about the x relevant bits here. It's uh, about six pages long that, uh, that is relevant to our current Krakoan era. And again, this is Immortal She-Hulk by Al Ewing, John Davis Hunt, and Marcio Menes. Now, She-Hulk is fighting the mutant Tantrum in his second ever appearance. Uh, his last and first appearance was uh, over a decade ago in a Hulk book. Now, she's punching him a bunch, which apparently only makes him stronger. Well, it's actually her anger that makes him stronger. Or at least that's what he claims here. Then Wolverine walks up behind old Tantrum and guts him. Like, runs his runs his uh, claws right through the guy. She-Hulk is surprised that uh, Wolverine would do such a thing. To which he brushes it off and says, Hey, Krakoa's got healers, don't worry about it. It's worth noting that She-Hulk is in the, like, kind of Hulk smash mode here. Not terribly erudite, you know, just uh, speaking in the... Uh, yeah, I guess the most straightforward and uh, blunt ways possible here. Now, Wolverine tells Jen that Tantrum broke a mutant law, which I don't recall seeing happen, as uh, you know, these are basically the opening pages to this issue. Did Tantrum kill a human? I didn't see it. If he did, um, did he announce that he's celibate and therefore won't be making more mutants? Or did he disrespect the sacred land? Uh, maybe he littered. I don't know. Maybe it was just that he was fighting She-Hulk that's a, that's a crime, I don't know Whatever the case, Wolverine uses this as justification for murder And suggests that when Tantrum is healed, he'll face some island justice And I'm not exactly holding my breath for that scene You know, if, uh, if we didn't already know that we're headed to the Trial of Magneto I maybe would have guessed that we were finally going to be getting to the Trial of Tantrum Imagine the sales records that would break Anyway, Logan talks a lot more about mutants being feared and hated And how it's all different now, yada, yada, yada She-Hulk then gens down so they can talk using proper sentences And so, they head off to a bar which Logan breaks into so they can have a beer Logan tells her that he doesn't want to hear any Hulk's got it worse speech here Which, I mean, I didn't know this was like an escalating pity party or anything But uh, I guess I don't know much Jen asks him what it's like for him to come back from the dead Uh, You know, Wolverine recently came back from the dead Relatively recently, right? Uh, Jen herself recently came back as well, you see Wolverine suggests that that's a big question But doesn't really offer any answers He says his resurrection included things that uh, he doesn't want to tell her And things that she probably doesn't even really want to know She tells him that, uh, you know, she's not looking for any of that It's more of a basic question The Kotati killed her and now she's alive And this isn't even the first time she's been killed and reborn. Which kind of begs the question here, uh, if this isn't the first time for her, why does she need Logan to tell her what it's like? I mean, she's done it a few times. Don't know. Also, it's worth noting that She-Hulk died during friggin' Empire. Which, I mean, that's a pretty bad way to go. Again, Jen asks Logan how she should deal with all this, and uh, Wolverine asks her, Basic questions here are, are you the same person? And she says, yes, I am He then tells her not to look a gift horse in the mouth And, uh, you know, take the win Move on And that's basically it the next episode will be our star-studded 200th episode We're finally making good on a promise I made a very long time ago So it's going to be kind of a, uh, Back to the past sort of thing here We're going to be talking about something that uh, we thought was <laughs> long done here on the show But it's going to be a good time A lot of uh, great folks are going to be taking part in this the only, uh, the only problem is it's probably going to be like a 10 hour episode So even worse yet, uh, I'm talking for most of it So yeah. sorry about that Nah, it's going to be a good time It's going to be a real, real good time So I hope uh, you're all looking forward to that Or if you have a few minutes to spare, you can pop in I'm going to try to timestamp it as best I can To uh, make sure you can listen to the parts you want to listen to But that's for another time Now, let's talk about, uh, well, these six stories we just read, huh? Oof, Um, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about this Because I feel like hearts were in the right place for it But I just don't think it stuck the landing I I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that all of these uh, creators are talented And have the ability to tell good stories I mean, the art here was really, really nice So I have no doubt in my mind that these creators could create something wonderful It's just that uh, in this arena that they have here They didn't get that opportunity I feel like this was not the best use to... uh, of paginal real estate in order to spotlight uh, these talented uh, women It feels like a real disservice And, you know, I get it, it's a, it's a feel-good book, right? But, I mean, it could have been so much more than that, I think uh, We talk about X-Men Unlimited when we talk about anthology uh, stories that we've covered uh, in in the past And how, you know, we don't miss the days of X-Men Unlimited Because, I mean, X-Men Unlimited was a lot of throwaway stuff with something like this though, it's like I almost wish there was an X-Men Unlimited here. So we could give these uh these new up-and-coming promising creators the the arena, you know, the place where they can actually stretch out, get more than one page, and, and not have it be a throwaway gag about Lady Deathstrike getting her nails bedazzled, or Medusa, you know, sitting in a stylist chair with a with a scrunchie. I mean, there really should have been more to it than that here. Um I know the unlimited series is were uh, frowned upon, and I frowned upon it myself here. But if we're gonna try to build up a new crop of talent or celebrate a new crop of talent, maybe come up with something like that, you know? Because uh, all I see here is an overpriced, wasted opportunity. And I mean, I, I, I don't know what Marvel's goals are. I can never pretend that I'm like an, on the inside in any way, form, or fashion. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure what they, I'm sure they got what they wanted out of it. I just feel like they, they left not so much money on the table, but they left a lot of uh, opportunity on the table, I feel. This, uh, this could have been better. This could have been a lot better. Um, I'm not even sure if it's worth going story by story here. Uh, we already talked about Lady Deathstrike in her, uh, her manicure. I mean, why? <laughs> why? Why? Uh, uh, Emma Frost not having a thing to wear and then hitting the streets wearing something very fashionable, but not fashionable enough, so she manifests a uh, fabulous outfit. Okay. I mean, it almost feels like it's a parody. You know, and I mentioned this during the synopsis. It's like, if there were anyone out there who had a problem with there being a, you know, quote, Women of Marvel special, these stories would almost be the kind of stories I would expect them to write to poke fun at it. And I mean, I'm just an idiot, with a microphone here So, I, I mean, don't take anything I say to the bank here It Just I feel like this could have been so much better I feel like this could have been something Special in more ways than uh, Just assembling this uh, this Assortment of talent It could have been stories that Maybe we'd go back to, right? Maybe we would reflect upon Maybe we would uh, refer back to them When thinking about really fun stories and, and granted, I only read the X-Men stuff So there could be some there could be some magic in this thing that I haven't read And that's magic, the, uh, you know, phenomena, not the character, of course Because if if there was a magic one, we would have covered it But, uh, I really feel like this could have been so much more than it was And, uh, I really don't have a whole heck of a lot more to say about it Um, I did actually pay cover price for it Which, uh, I can't say that I'm all that pleased about Um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it was what it was Um You know, opinions vary, Uh, everything is subjective here I didn't care for this mostly because I saw it as selling the opportunity short I I don't know if there's going to be more of these And uh, I've looked in the upcoming solicits and there isn't a Women of Marvel number 2 anywhere in the next several months So we got to assume that at least for now, this is it And unfortunately, it it, uh, really wasn't what it could have been Now let's hop over to the Immortal She-Hulk here, because this is a story that uh, I believe uh, Jesse DeYoung had uh, tipped me off on probably, boy, several months ago, because I had asked the question about, like, hey, you know, where did the X-Men show up when they're not in X-Men? Is there any uh, Krakoa-relevant, X-relevant sort of stuff happening in the other books here? And he mentioned this brief scene in Immortal She-Hulk and uh, the flippancy with which Wolverine killed somebody. (laughs) He just... Straight up murdered somebody and justified it by just saying, yeah, he, he's a pretty bad guy. He, uh, you know, he broke a law that we're we're not going to mention which one it was. But I'm happy that I finally got around to reading it here. And uh, what's more, I'm actually interested in, uh, in She-Hulk's story here. So if I uh, am able to fit in any, you know, uh, extracurricular reading, I, I might... Uh, I might give this the full once-over here, and uh, I'll report back if anything else X-related comes up in it. But I had a good time with it. Uh, I feel like the conversation between Jen and Logan was a little bit... Not so much precious, but a little bit forced. Um, Jen's asking Wolverine these questions that she really ought to have the answers to, considering her experiences. It's... Uh, I don't know, maybe she's just comparing notes And I mean, if that was the case, they could have made that clearer, I suppose Just like, hey, you know, this was my experience, what was yours? But we don't get that, really It's more of her, like, wanting to sit under the learning tree And just asking Logan for his experiences I I don't know, I, I mean, I am at a bit of a disadvantage here Without the context that might be required for this So I suppose we'll just leave it there um, Worth noting, in all the stories we read today The art was really, really nice Um I guess that's uh, about all I have to say Um, Now we don't have a mailbag section today Because I am in the midst of editing a whole lot of audio for uh, episode 200 So we're just going to cut and run here Um, If you would like to get a hold of me, please feel free to do so You could find me several different ways you could find me on Twitter at Ace Comics, Instagram at 90sXMen, or you could shoot me an email over to WeirdComicsHistory at gmail.com. You could also call the X Lapsed Voicemail Hotline Thingamabob at 623 396 Jerk. That's uh, that's where you can uh, leave uh, leave some kind words, or I guess just words in general for me. You could head over to com for blog posts and show notes. You can hang out with us on Facebook. Our group is 90sXMen. And finally, for all your Chris and Reggie comic commentary listening needs, you can head to chrisandreggie.podbean.com, available anywhere the Internet aggregates noise. And while there, if you like what you hear, or at least appreciate the you know effort behind it, please feel free to spread the word and share the show and uh, tell a friend or two. It would really, really mean the world to me. But that is where we'll leave it. I'd like to thank you all so, so much for being part of these past 199 episodes and uh, sharing a little bit of your day with me today, even though it was uh, maybe not the funnest of days, considering what we were discussing. And again, if you have a different point of view on the stories that we read today, please feel free to let me know. I would love to hear your thoughts, even if we don't necessarily agree. So... Definitely feel free to hit me up if you would like to. But uh, thank you all so much one more time. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya.